بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيدنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and a warm welcome to another edition of Revival in Motion here on Radio Islam It's our weekly Saturday program where we go back to the basics And today's basics are perhaps one of the most powerful tools to help us prepare ourselves for Ramadan. At the time that this program will be broadcasted, will be, well, we'll be around in February, so it will be a month away from Ramadan, inshallah. But it's also a vital tool for us in our daily lives. It's something that Islam teaches. We're going to learn more about strategies for time management, um, how does, or in which way does the seat Iraq give us this insight into effective time management and we're going to learn how to enhance our time management skills today. So we encourage you to stay with us for the duration of the program and remember all programs are up as podcasts later on so you can play back and share the link of the podcast with a family, with your students and your community. So our idea is that together, and the goal is that we work on developing and sustaining good, effective time management skills, inshallah. Our guest today is the Honorable Hafiz Shihan Abdullah Bayad, who will be taking us through more on time management, what it means for us to embody time management as Muslims, and we learn about how time management is connected with the philosophy of martial arts, alhamdulillah. Hafiz Jahan, Assalamu Alaikum and Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh and welcome to Radio Islam. Wa Alaikum Salam, Rahmatullahi wa Barakatuh, Hafiz, I hope you're well. Barakallahu Feek, how is everything on your side today? Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, all good, thank you. With the Sadr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Jazakallah for having me, Hafiz. I mean, it is such a pleasure, Hafiz, because it's a topic that many of us just skirt around and often our knowledge of time management is limited to what we read on social media or that we um, hear from life coaches that may not be aligned to the Islamic principle. So it's very refreshing to hear that from someone such as yourself, um, who for whom is a practicing Muslim, for someone who is um, actively involved in preserving the Quran, alhamdulillah, and to serve as a role model for many, both young and old. And I'm wondering if we can begin by asking you more about time management in relation to your expertise, one of your expertise, and that is the martial arts. How would you say that the principles of time management align with the philosophy of martial arts, please? Well, the principles of uh, time management aligns with martial arts because uh, tasks and uh, skill sets are done in bite sizes over time in the martial arts. The kine or focus applied in uh, martial arts ensures that uh, no time is wasted on dead patterns or useless knowledge. Applied knowledge in martial arts is very highly practiced. There's a principle called the Barreto Principle and uh, it's applied with great effect. In 1895, an Italian economist, Alfredo Barreto, discovered that 80% of consequences stem from 20% of causes. So summarized, it indicates that priority or lack of it is largely responsible for most failures. So he advised the following, and he divided tasks into the following uh, aspects or areas. Number one would be uh, to put your tasks into under a box or category of important and not urgent. Number two, important but not urgent. 
Number three, not important but urgent. And number four, not important and not urgent. So I repeat that. He advised mm -hmm. us to put our tasks into the following categories. Things that are important and urgent goes into one category. Things that are important and not urgent goes into another. Things that are not important but urgent into another. And lastly, things that are not important and not urgent goes into the last. So this practice of priority will make a significant difference in the success of time management with regards to productivity. And martial arts is top-notch with regards to prioritizing. For example, um, if we have a student grading to go to perhaps a, a new belt, right? We will ensure that a few weeks before their grading, they will stop doing the general um, general exercises that imbibe strength and fitness and uh, speed agility and quickness and 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 all the like so we will focus a lot more on the syllabus structure so that will be prioritizing something that's important and urgent and that will actually put that into but if we prioritize the next the next task it will be something important but not urgent that will be training for the next tournament so because their grading takes precedence and priority over a tournament that's a little further down the road, uh, this is how we categorize their, their rate of development. And that's how martial arts actually encapsulates the Pareto principle. Interesting. Alhamdulillah. Um, so my son is, is a black belt, but now he's, he's an adult, alhamdulillah. So just hearing this is just, uh, I'm glad that alhamdulillah he, he committed to it, mashallah. Would this be to all martial arts, Shihan, or is it just um, karate or taekwondo? How, how would you classify it when you're talking about martial arts? Is it across the board? Gee, martial arts across the board because look a kick is a kick and a punch is a punch regardless of whether it uh, it hails from Korea which is a taekwondo or uh, karate which is from Japan or kung fu from China uh, all martial arts have a similar philosophy and a similar ethos and uh, the rate of development is done around a, a very similar fashion so if you look at the the, 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 the birth of martial arts it was actually uh, the 13th disciple of Buddha his name was Bodhidharma in, uh, in Japan is known as Daruma. So he traveled from from China, from from India, and not many people know that Indians are so sharp. Mm. <laughs> they, so uh, martial arts originated from India, and on his travels to to China, that is when he developed the martial arts, and then founded the Chinese uh, Shaolin Temple and so on. And that particular system was known as Kalari Prayat. So the Indians originated martial arts, and then it uh, it, it stemmed off into the offshoots like Taekwondo and so forth. But they all revolve around the similar ethos. How interesting. Jazakumullah uh, for sharing that very interesting fact with us. Here in Malaysia, where I live, what's very common is Aikido, and in the Muslim communities, the Silat. These are, uh, yes. these are quite popular here. Yes. And yes. Penchat Silat is awesome. Mm. If we had to talk about and, and take this further with martial art techniques and practices, uh, in your many years, mashallah, of, of, of being in this field, are there any specific techniques or practices that you found do contribute to enhancing our time management skills? Well, we go back to basics. So drills to enhance time management skills can be practiced in something as simple as the concept of breathing. It is said that breath is life and life is breath in martial arts. Counting one's breath allows a steady state of mind that's free from clutter. So um, a tip would be to begin your morning with about 10 minutes of meditation, visualization for the day ahead. Begin with breath count for about three minutes. And then when you're in a relaxed and your mind, relaxed state of mind and your mind is cleared, you can focus on the task for the day ahead. 
And then you shuffle your priorities or your tasks into places of priority and see yourself successfully completing those tasks. This aspect of visualization that, that early in the morning sets the precedent for your day. So it's quite important to do that, albeit 10 minutes. Mm. Uh, make time to exercise, um, even if it's a few minutes a day, because this changes the energy and blood flow that will make you more productive. And the stimulation obtained from those endorphins will boost your mood and productivity exponentially. So moderate exercise is good enough. End your day off with reflection. And uh, give yourself a mental pet on the back for tasks completed. We don't do that often enough. So for tasks not completed, mm -hmm. give yourself a commitment to complete it the very next day. Remember, self-respect is earned by doing basic stuff that you said you would do, especially if you made that promise to yourself. So let's say, for example, you you agreed to wake up for Tahajud tomorrow and you made that promise mm -hmm. to yourself. Set your timer to do that. And when your timer goes off or when your alarm sounds, uh, don't put it on snooze mode. Get up because you made mm -hmm. that promise to yourself. And the more these fulfilled promises the better your self-confidence and self-respect over time. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few, few basic goals you can apply daily in order to manage your time, visualize, make these mini promises to yourself, start off with counting your breath and, uh, and, and fulfill those promises. I promise you it's really going to make a huge difference in the way you see yourself and then how the world sees you. Mm, absolutely. I love how you brought forward the, 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 the principle of self-respect. I think as Muslims, we don't talk about that enough. Gee, uh, gee. So I'm glad you did because that gives a lot of food for G. Please go ahead, G. Many, many people are so um, caught up and they, they, they don't understand there's a fine line between self-respect and, uh, and narcissism, you know, because lots of people mm -hmm. assume that, uh, you know, self-praise or self-respect has to come down to uh, punting your ways or, or being arrogant and brash about your accomplishments. But uh, you, can, you can imbibe self-love and self-respect without, uh, without being arrogant about it. You need to start off with self-respect so that you can advocate uh, that philosophy to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. so loving yourself is really not a bad thing. <laughs> Mm, I think we definitely need to, to, to bookmark that topic and come back to it with you uh, for sure, inshallah. Um, let's talk a bit about discipline, Shihan, if we can. In, in what ways does the discipline that's acquired through martial arts training uh, contribute to us using our time better or the big buzzword being more productive in our, in our daily lives? Okay, okay. So in martial arts, we have an adage. Um, a Japanese adage, Ashita wa Ashita Kyo wa. So that means tomorrow is tomorrow and today is today. Mm -hmm. It sounds very simple in concept, but the actual meaning is living the moment. And that is Zen. Mm -hmm. You always hear people speaking about Zen. So what is Zen actually? Zen is to sleep when you're tired and eat when you're hungry. Like do things when you really have to. But you know what happens nowadays, Abita, <laughs> is that people <laughs> sleep throughout mm -hmm. the day. People yeah. eat just for the sake of boredom, then they eat and, you know, they, they stuff their faces. So, so we're encouraging a nation of gluttony and lethargy. So every martial art class attendant, there's a class structure. So we generally have a warm-up, and we have the core class, and we cover skilling technique, followed by conditioning, or fun and games, and then a cool-down. So students are always reminded that class attendance is important toward the next grade. Many goals are set towards achieving the next rank, all the way up to black belt or tournament success. Now, this discipline through goal setting transfers to daily life. Our instructors always teach to transfer skills, which means that these skills must be able to be applied in daily life. There can be no learning without discipline, and martial arts is the mm -hmm. best way to develop the discipline required for success. 
So what 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 happens if we have um, elderly um, listeners who are listening in and will say, well, you know, now what happens? I've, I am I past the age of of um, martial arts. How do I connect the two? So what would you say to our sixty and above uh, okay. listening in? What can we say, do? Sure, sure. We we'll say. Awesome with regards to martial arts. Martial arts is not confined to the young, the young and able and physically adept. Martial arts is for everyone from birth to death. I mean, we have tiny tots they start off at the age of three. We currently have mm-hmm. students way into their 60s. Uh, in wow. fact, an example of a student that started off with me at the age of 59, he was a required uh, retired gynecologist. He started off at 59. Well, he achieved his black belt at the age of 65. And he's still in training. So he's so inspirational and, and he could do a ten minute plank with without breaking a sweat. So so the mental fortitude and mental toughness that you that you attain from life itself. Uh, it does not mean that you're not affiliated to a school that you have not been doing martial arts. Martial arts is everywhere. Martial arts is everything. Just basic walking in the park, that's martial arts. Just basic breathing and tapping into meditation and, and bonding with nature, that's martial arts. Just doing your gardening, that's martial arts. You know the Chinese have the slow movement that's called Tai Chi? And if you see the majority of them in the parks in the morning, right? I mean, they're not youngsters. They all age people, and so it goes to show that movement. So what is martial arts? It's just shifting your energy, moving the energy and and avoiding this redundancy and this dormancy with regards to to energy that will lead you to lethargy. So so martial arts is movement. So for all listeners, regardless of age, just move, (laughs) because movement is martial arts. Mm. Well, that's very, very motivating, and, and and thank you so much for sharing the example of one of your uh, your students. That 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 just gives us all this impetus to say, look, it's never too late. And as you mentioned, that just about that movement, and there's so much of stagnancy and dormancy. Um, for most of us because we're sitting behind screens, we're sitting behind tablets and TV screens and all of that. Um, Yeah, very, very refreshing to hear this, alhamdulillah. What what we have here, and that's so common, and I think for us we take it for granted, all the little parks or green spots, every morning from like 6 till 8, before it gets too hot, there are groups of people doing the Tai Chi. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Just connect with nature again, man, because we're so, you know, we're so confined behind our screens, like you said, Davida, and we, we actually, we sit in our homes and everything's become so commercial. We, we forget nature and nature is where we find our balance. Hmm. I love how you use the term, you said bonding with nature. And I've never heard that connection to it. Um, you know, we said, you know, and I think that gives a lot of food for thought. What am I doing on a daily basis to bond with nature, to be in nature, to connect with yeah. it? Um, definitely something for us to think about. Yeah. Let's talk sunnah, Hafiz. Uh, uh, you know, we're talking about, um, we often talk about integrating the sunnah, bringing more of the sunnah of Nabi Sallallahu in our lives. Uh, someone who has dedicated themselves to integrating the sunnah in their lives, how do you find the Sirah gives you more insight into managing your own time? You sound like you've got this boundless energy, mashallah. And um, yeah, take us through more of that. I mean, many people this time of the year, past January the 1st, already bubble us. Like, oh gosh, are we only, is it only the second week of January, that type of thing. But alhamdulillah, so take us through more about how you bring in your your connection to the Sirah and your time management, please. 
Well, everything pertaining to today's subject revolves around Sira because our life should revolve around the base of example, isn't it? And Tariq of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So with regards to time management, uh, Nabi Alayhi Wasallam broke the day into three. We, uh, we encouraged to be early risers and stay awake, from dawn, uh, stay awake until dawn and uh, do the most productive and demanding tasks in the morning because that, that is when your energy peaks. Uh, then we encouraged to have a short rest in the afternoon. Nabi Sallallahu also revolved uh, his entire schedule around the five daily prayers. So concerning time, the Wissam said that we should hasten towards good deeds and not to take grant, uh, like times of ease for granted. And this is something that we do not understand. The only time we can actually place that into or categorize that or is if we use comparative studies in relation to uh, how, how cushioned our life is in comparison to the poor people of, of Gaza and what they are undergoing. You know, we, we'll understand that we have absolutely nothing to complain about. Allah Ta'ala is so kind to us. So if we are actually so grateful in times of ease, we will ensure that we hasten toward doing good deeds to look for the pleasure of the Almighty. All expeditions were started at the beginning of the day. So Nabi Sasa made to offer for his Ummah to benefit from the mornings. So the morning is actually, you know, they say the early worm catches the bird, or the early bird catches the worm. Whichever way you want to look at it. <laughs> Whichever way you want to look at it. So... Mornings are actually the, the, the favorable time for us. That is where the, the most baraka. And it's, it's so amazing because in martial arts, the two peak times of meditation is uh, sunrise and sunset because the sun comes with uh, copious amounts of energy. So at sunset, mm -hmm. there's an energy shift as well, you know. So uh, whenever there's water, whenever there's nature, and in, in combination with the vitamin D from the sun, uh, that is when your energy levels peak. So according to the seerah of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, mornings are the time for us to tap into, and we need to maximize whatever we need to do then, revolve our time and our tasks around our, our four salah, and um, everything has to be at its time and its place. You cannot do isha salah at fajr. Everything has to be at a certain time. It's all about timing. And if we just adhere to that and we understand that we'll, we'll face the tasks ahead when we need to do it at its given time, we will get to it. But we need to address what is more pertinent right now. Mm -hmm. Ties in so much with this concept of that instant gratification that with technology yeah. and social media, right? You, even the, all of us at any age are struggling with that because social media... Google, all of that gives that instant gratification. Whereas things like yeah. martial arts, something that's honed and cultivated, it's it's all nurtured, it's not an overnight thing, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. instant gratification not only with regards to attention, but if you look at our meals, who wants to cook a, a pot of food that takes an hour when you can go to the takeaway that takes five minutes, you know, it, or, to, or the drive-through? So everything has yeah. become about instant gratification and even our attention span is limited to less than a goldfish because we're scrolling from mm. you know from page to page all the time. So we need to be, mm. we need to be absorbed in the moment and I think that that is also a skill that we need to get back to just being in the moment and being present. Mm. And so being in the moment and being present, Shihan, when we talk about, um, you know, if we are to be in the moment, many of us find that difficult because we're neither here nor there and we just scatter brains and think we have so much to do. So I want to bring us back to the topic of organizational skills or how do we prioritize? But specifically, 
what role does martial arts play when it comes to building that mindfulness that allows us to organize ourselves better, to prioritize our tasks. You shared a beautiful reminder of how Nabi Sassam divided his day and spent his time. Take us through a bit more on this mental focus and prioritizing our time, our tasks, organizing ourselves better, more efficiently. Certainly, martial arts teaches a person time management and mindfulness in, in a few ways. Um, take the example of a typical student, right? Let's, let's say they've had a busy day full of activity and really sensory overload via social media. <laughs> stimulation and media, for social media and stimulation that, uh, that just, you know, divides them or, or spreads them out so thinly in terms of focus and attention. So as a student steps onto the dojo floor for the next hour, they need to put the entire day and all the thought processes it comes with on hold. They need to fully surrender to the process of presence. In this physical and, uh, physically undemanding environment, they have to do that because every instruction has to be adhered to a great gusto and fervor. Being in the moment is crucial, especially uh, when there's contact involved. So absent-mindedness can lead to injury and thus demotivation. So instructors are very, very strict on attention and concentration in class. So post-class, as soon as your class ends, uh, you interact with your colleagues and peers and these experiences are then shared of the class experience. And then when the student gets home, there's a whole bunch of chores waiting for them. Now, this is where the stress culminates, from the inability to see tasks to completion, and this is mainly due to diluted focus. Martial arts teaches one to live in the moment and to do each task to perfection with kime. And kime, you hear that? You hear me uh, uh, repeat that? And I, I said it in the beginning of the interview. In Japanese, kime means focus, and um, so that means that once the task is done with full focus, then you move on to the next. In martial arts, we have different states of mind, and this cultivates mindfulness in the, in the following way. So uh, the four different states of mind: you have mushin. That means no mind. You have Fudoshin, that's immovable mind. You have Shoshin, which is a beginner's mind. And then you have Zanshin, which is a remaining mind. So in order to be a good student, we always say, avert being or avoid being um, you know, a great teacher. Rather strive to be a student of life. And if you speak to all the, the great uh, you know, predecessors, whether in martial arts or in being, they always have the concept of being a good student. And that means you should always keep this, this aspect of shoshin, a beginner's mind, always open to learning. So these different states are developed over time through various skill sets and activities. And that's how martial arts brings it all together to assist you with mindfulness, categorizing them and, and growing holistically between the four ranges of, of minds, mindfulness. Mm, that's beautiful, alhamdulillah. We're talking about mindfulness, but part of what mindfulness is, is the type of mindset we have. We hear often terms like growth mindset and then the opposite would be the fixed mindset. Yeah. I'm wondering what advice you would have uh, for us on adopting a mindset that is unique or very specific to that of a martial artist. A mindset that can overcome procrastination and can help us to achieve whatever our objectives are within those specific time frames? Sure. Well, firstly, prioritize. Prioritize, then avoid distractions. Distractions such as uh, social media, watching too much of television. Do things you will never get back. It's expended energy and time spent. Don't waste your time uh, on, on these 
valuable, don't waste these valuable, uh, valuable commodities because um, negative indulges, indulgences and uh, negative uh, expenditure of energy and time uh, is really just a waste. It's a waste of crucial energy. So keep company that motivates you and not company that thrives on gossip and negative banter. That's all too common nowadays. So learn to adopt a positive outlook. Martial arts and Dean encourages optimism. So the, what does the dojo, the, the, the dojo teach us? The concept of the dojo teaches us, uh, let's think about an adage, uh, another Japanese proverb, uchi no mizuno, ebi no mizudoku. In Japanese, that means a cow drinks water and produces milk. A snake drinks water and produces poison. So this mm-hmm. teaches us that both creatures faced with exactly the same scenario, one chooses to make it positive, the other chooses to make it negative. So we as human beings are very resilient. Practicing deep breathing regularly and a routine of light physical activities such as martial arts or just playing with your kids, strength training, swimming, walking, etc. This will move your energy in the right direction. So what, what is energy that we keep speaking about? Ki, chi, prana, all these are names for energy. And that propels every living being, whether it's plant, animal, human being. All of us possess this aspect of ki, chi, this internal energy. Now, lack of movement is a catalyst for energy stagnation, and this leads to poor health and productivity and chronic ailments. So daily practice of shifting energy culminates positive vibes, and these positive vibes will then enhance your ability to live purposefully. So I have a golden rule for myself, and that is be vertical twice more as you are horizontal. Be vertical Mm -hmm. twice more as you are horizontal, right? Or then you are Mm -hmm. horizontal. So Confucius said, work eight hours, sleep eight hours, but not the same eight hours. And that's why the word confused came from him. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting perspectives, alhamdulillah. Um, Perhaps if we can, as we talk about time management, if we can ask you the connection we've talked talked about the connection with time management and martial arts but if we were to divert slightly and say what do you see the connection to be with time management and him or memorizing quran what connection do you see between the two tell us more please okay time management and management of uh, management of the quran or memorization of the quran i would say that um ustad's well, you know, the, all, all around the globe would understand the concept of um, bite sizes that we started the interview with. In martial arts, knowledge is imparted in bite sizes. And that is that means everybody's rate of retention is individual. So you cannot, there is no uh, uh, one size fits all adage. And I think your ustad or your teacher would be able to give you what you can handle. And as you become more adept in the art, the fine, the fine art of memorization, you'd be able to take on more and so forth. So it's progressive overload. So this concept of progressive overload is extremely important in everything that we do, whether it comes with the, uh, to the mind or whether, whether it comes to, uh, to the physical, physical self. If you step into a, a gym, uh, for example, your personal trainer won't expect you to, to bench press 100 kilos. They might start you off with two kilos. And then gradually, as you progress, you find that your, your strength will improve. There's a, method, a mythological figure called Atlas. I don't know if you remember him. Uh, maybe I'm giving away my age, but uh, he used to be on the Atlas, right? Our geographic Atlas with the world on his shoulder, his one shoulder, right? And uh, this Atlas, apparently, um, the myth was that he used to hoist a calf of a cow daily. 
as he was a young boy. And as the calf started growing into a cow, by the time he was an adult, he could carry a cow and a bull on his shoulders. So that gave us the concept or the idea or the analogy of progressive overload. And with memorization, it's exactly the same. Take bite sizes, do what you can afford to do, don't overload your mind, enjoy the journey. And as you progress, you will find that your ability to retain more will improve. Shukran for sharing that. Definitely always, always good to be able to connect uh, to to history, to uh, whatever we've learned, even if it's things from the past, from our childhood or younger years, good to be able to connect it and for it not to be that abstract. Excellent. Alhamdulillah. Hafiz Shahan, we've taken a lot of your time. Jazakumullah khair. But we do want to ask you, what advice... Uh, or guidance would you like to share with our listeners? Uh, perhaps especially for those who are seeking to integrate uh, martial art principles into their time management strategies, please. Certainly. Um, the reason I, I began martial arts at the age of eight was because of an inspirational figure, and I'm sure that your son, alhamdulillah, being a black belt, I really commend him. And I commend you as a parent as well for motivating him and... Uh, and really driving him and supporting him in his quest to attain his black belt. That is really admirable. We understand the incredible importance of, uh, you know, parental uh, affirmation and support when it comes to, to children embarking on this martial art journey. So I do commend you and your son. So he will understand and connect and reverberate with the ethos of the, the outlook of Bruce Lee. Uh, just a mention of the name Bruce. He has inspired so many youth into <laughs> embarking on this quest to martial arts and seeking of knowledge. So my advice is to understand the incredible power of the mind, fueled by an indomitable, indomitable spirit. And that somehow has, that spirit has a voracious appetite for combating the mandate. I'd say dare to be different, be alive. Because aliveness on its own is a gift. Bruce Lee said, absorb what is useful, reject what is useless, but don't reject it until you've tried it. And then add what is essentially your own. This philosophy imbibes a sense of adventure, a willingness to try new things, and above all, authenticity. So in coaching, we have um, an acronym, VAX, Valid, Authentic, Current, and Sufficient. So you need to be authentic. Authenticity is the key. You need to be authentic in order to be different. You need to keep your curiosity alive. So this will keep you out of your comfort zone. I promise you this. Comfort zones are silent ninjas or assassins of dreams. <laughs> Movement is crucial. So you've got to... You've got to keep the flow of productivity. And if you are having a rough day, just stop everything you do. Just shake it up. Change it up. Have a light workout or change your energy or focus on your breath work. It works wonders. Just a little as 10 minutes a day. Trust me, it really works. But Bruce Lee also said water is the most soluble source in the world. If you pour water into a cup, it becomes the cup. If you pour water into a teapot, it becomes the teapot. Now, water can flow. Water can crash. Be water, my mm -hmm. friends. That's what he said. So that's, that's my parting advice, and I, I just hope that it was of some benefit to some of our listeners. I thank you so much for having me with you. It's such an honor uh, to be doing this interview with you, and uh, we, we, we really thank our, our listeners for, for supporting your show, and Zakla for the great work that you are doing. Amin, I Amin, I such a pleasure, Jazakumullah Khayyaf, sharing with us such refreshing perspectives and helping us to connect this this crucial element of time management back to our deen. No doubt it's 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 uplifted us and it's, um, inshallah, been an iman booster for all of us, beginning with myself. Um, 
as we prepare to conclude our time with you today, uh, are there any ways in which our listeners can get in touch with you or your dojo? How can they benefit from your services? Certainly. Jazakallah so much for that. Um, my contact number is 084-2646-753. We've just moved our, do- moved our dojo to a brand new location, and that's above uh, Zahra's food junction at the uh, Freeway Plaza. So if you guys would like to come and visit us, we are launching a bullyproof campaign for our children. Uh, we are also launching a street self-defense for the adults. Please come and have a look at what we offer. And, uh, you know, if, if the martial art bug bites, then inshallah we'll, uh, we'll be able to do lots of work together and change our communities one person at a time through establishing. Remember that Kichin Funakoshi, who was the founder of Modern Day Karate, said that uh, martial arts is not about victory or defeat. It's about the development of character of its participants. And I'd say that sounds a lot like our deen and what our deen teaches us, character and akhlaq, character and conduct. That's the most important. So, alhamdulillah, it ties, on, ties up very well. Uh, the great thing about our system and is that we, we've eliminated bowing, so we don't do any bowing, but we do show courtesy and respect because martial arts begins with courtesy and respect. And we look forward to seeing all your wonderful listeners out there joining us on this wonderful journey of life, inshallah. Wonderful, mashallah. Those projects, the campaigns that you're running about the anti-bullying, uh, those, uh, you know, the street self-defense as well, those are like so important and necessary, especially with the rise of uh, bully uh, victims as well at schools and madrasas. Uh, that is essential, inshallah. Yes, mm. yes. Uh, grant you plenty of success in your initiatives. There is plenty of barakah in it. And inshallah, may our communities continue to benefit from you, from your, your projects and your campaigns for many, many more years to come. Allah grant you all afia. Ameen. Ameen, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Listeners, the number to contact is uh, 084-264-6753. And if you've missed out on those details, you'd like to know more and you haven't been able to get that in time, you can always contact our front desk at Radio Islam and ask to be put through to the women's desk for those details with our producer, inshallah. Uh, Hafiz Shihan, it's been such an honor and pleasure to have you with us on the program today and to be able to learn and be reminded of so many important principles and for inspiring us Jazakumullah khair for your time for taking us through this and we hope to have you on with us in future programs discuss other elements that you feel are of importance to our communities inshallah once again it was my honor Habiba, and keep us in your in your prayers du'as inshallah Jazakumullah khair for having me Barakallahu feek Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh on the program today, we're speaking to Hafiz Shihan Abdullah Bayad on the topic of time management. We learned more about time management and it being aligned. In, in which ways is it aligned to the philosophy of martial arts? We learned more about how to enhance our time management skills. Um, and and, and, and the, the insights we gain from the Sira in managing our time more effectively. This program will be up on podcast and you can play back, listen and share with others. As always, we'd love to hear your feedback on that. Uh, we'll continue with the second part of the program after this break, so do stay with us for more, inshallah. In this last segment of the hour, alhamdulillah, we're going to focus on something to help us prepare for Ramadan. And these are some easy steps on how we can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, the tragic events and the genocide befalling the Palestinians has left us all in a state of, of bewilderment. It's impacted us in so many ways. 
and often moving us to contemplate profound questions, such as the meaning of life, and the presence of divine intervention, and even the concept of justice. While Palestinians are being massacred, that feeling of powerlessness when your utmost efforts seem futile is also a trial for you and I. So what, what can we do? Reflecting deeply on why we stand up against such injustices reveals something profound. It's not merely a reaction fueled by anger or sadness. It is at the core of it, it's about faith. It's about Iman that is intrinsic to our understanding and our belief of what it means to be a human being. Iman teaches us that all human lives matter and that mercy is central to our lives. Iman teaches us to cultivate life in this world and to prosper it to the best of our ability. Iman is to gravitate ourselves closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So in other words, our actions are all means to seek closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. While the outcome of our actions is important, the process bears as much significance, if not even more. Not only seeking closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the objective of our lives, but it also strengthens our resolve and fortifies our iman and enriches our hearts with meaning and tranquility. So today we're going to explore some ways in which we can get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The first is dhikr. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran in Surah Al-Ra'ad, Ayah 28, أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم الذين آمنوا وتطمئن قلوبهم بذكر الله ألا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب and so we are reminded that dhikr embodies the remembrance of Allah both internally and externally. That in the remembrance of Allah do hearts find rest. And so in a time that we live in where, you know, every moment of our lives is laden with distractions, it is this actively, you know, actively remembering Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, seeking his forgiveness that helps us in that focus we were talking about earlier on um, in terms of time management. The second thing to remember that helps us gain nearness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is our salah. It is the success that we seek calling us five times a day. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us that the first thing that will be judged among a person's deeds on the day of judgment is salah. If this is in good order, then we will succeed and prosper. But if it's, def if it's defective, we will fail and lose. So our salah being an obligation, the five daily salah are so important because it is the only ritual act of worship that was legislated in the heavens during the journey of Isra and Mi'raj. The third thing that we want to do to be able to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is istighfar, seeking forgiveness. Acknowledging our mistakes and making up for them is a sign of maturity and part of the path to excellence. It was narrated from Anas radiallahu anhu 
that Rasulullah said words to the effect, all of the children of Adam commit sin. And the best of those who commit sin are those who repent. Repentance is a virtue that is beloved to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is to return to Allah in a beautiful and humble manner. In Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 222, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, Inna Allah yuhibbu tawwabin. Surely Allah loves those who always turn to him in repentance. There is no limit to seeking forgiveness. Being the best of all creation, Muslims believe that Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is, is indeed infallible, but it is narrated that he would seek forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala more than 70 times a day. So as we strive daily to be better servants of Allah, we may not realize the sins we have committed. But time and time again, Allah grants us his forgiveness. For he is al-ghafoor. He is al-'afoor. He is al-tawwab. Regardless of how much we have sinned, we should not lose hope in Allah's mercy. He is the most forgiving. He is the pardoner. He is the acceptor of repentance. So let us not succumb to the sins we may have committed in the past. Our sins don't have to define us for what we choose to be in the present and the future. It can be challenging to leave our bad habits, especially if we've been committing them for quite some time. But it is not impossible. So do not lose hope. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grants us another day, another moment, and a remorseful heart to change for the better. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us this ability, and may Allah make us of those who turn to him constantly and consistently. One of the many that we can practice daily is, Astaghfirullah al-Azim, alladhi la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyumu wa atubu ilayhi. I seek the forgiveness of Allah. There is no true God except Allah, the ever-living, the self-subsisting. And I turn to Allah in repentance. Astaghfirullah al-Azim, alladhi la ilaha illa huwa al-hayyu al-qayyumu wa atubu ilayhi. And with that, we come to the close of today's program. Remember three steps to help us prepare our hearts for Ramadan and get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Our five daily salah, our dhikr, and our istighfar. We hope to join you in future programs and share more with you on that. Until we meet again, inshallah, jazakumullah khair for joining us on today's program and assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.